This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And And this this is is The Art Art of of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Yeah, it was like perfect timing. There we go. There we go. All right. We're back for another episode. And this is a special episode, Brad. It is, yeah, because uh, we do more of the interview series. And I have really enjoyed, I mean, you're awesome to talk to, but talking to <laughs> other people in the industry who are experts at what they do. And uh, our guest today is no slouch when it comes to the industry. So Alyssa Dunn, formerly known as the badass bartender, now Hell Queen Cocktails. Yes. Right? Alyssa? Yes. So she was a top 10 finalist in the Liquor 43 competition, semi-finalist in the Jack Daniels Whiskey Sour competition. She's been featured in the Atlantic Current for Easy Highballs, Death or Glory Summer Cocktail 1. Definitely want to know what's in that. <laughs> featured on Imbibe, props. That's a big deal, yeah. For her Strawberry Spice Everything Nice Spritz. And then the Educated Barfly even picked up one of her cocktails called I Don't Give a Fig. Yeah. I think that's how he said you're supposed to say it. Yeah. I don't know how to really say it. Is that, is that the deal? That was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, Alyssa, if people want to find you, where where do they find you? So the best place to find me is on social media. Right now, it's still the Badass Bartender, but I think by the time this comes out, everything should be switched to Hell Queen Cocktails. Yes. So we're yeah. going to go with Hell Queen Cocktails at this point is where you could it. find me yeah. on social media, website, all the things. It still has that badass aspect to it that I love that you totally have, not only in your personality, <laughs> but in your content. So anyone who hasn't checked your sites out, you have to go right now. It is the best. I love following you because not only is your content super educational and awesome when it comes to making cocktails, but it's just the overall attitude when watching. It's just so infectious. Like, I just want to watch more. And then don't even get me started on the stories that you have too, being in the industry. So it's really cool. You give an insight that I feel like Brad and I don't have, which is you're in it and you're still in it. You're in the thick of the bartending world, which is Such awesome insight. And I'm so excited to talk to you more about it and also talk about one of my personal favorite cocktails that we're going to feature today, which is the espresso martini. Yes. Yeah. And so people are going to be like, oh, wait a minute. You guys talked about that. Like that was like, yeah, it was episode nine. But there isn't just one way to make an espresso martini. And when you're sitting with an expert, right, you kind of want to know their way too. So yeah, super excited to like learn about your espresso martini or mm-hmm. the one that you prefer. And because it's just a couple of different ways to skin a cat. Yeah. And don't worry, we'll go into the Parmesan espresso martini. I feel like that's another good reason to touch upon this cocktail. Definitely. Because it definitely. just went viral again. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with that. I think a lot of people did. Did Have you guys tasted it? I've not. I did. Okay. I have tasted it as well. And? What, what are we thinking? Alyssa, you go first. <laughs> okay. I've always said with espresso martinis, 
always add a little pinch of salt Mm -hmm. to it. And it really brings out the flavor. I think that the Parmesan was just kind of falling back on that. It's got that savory kind of saltiness to it. You didn't want to do too much, but it just added that little bit of element and a little bit of like funkiness. I kind of liked it, honestly. I kind of liked it. I hated how like you would breathe in and you would get all these Parmesan like (laughs) shavings in your nose. I'm like, there has to be a better way. I did the like really fine because yeah, it was the only zester that I happened to have at the at the time that I was messing around with it. And I for sure inhaled like an entire Don't breathe thing in when you sip Parmesan <laughs> and like <laughs> so yeah, you wanna you wanna make sure you have like the nice big kind of not too big, but you don't want to have like fine dust or anything on there. So here's what I was thinking. If I were to recreate this again, what I think I would do is I would take the rind of Parmesan infuse my vodka and use that. And still, I think I might even use a little pinch of sea salt. And then what I would do is I would serve it like you would when, I feel like you always have an espresso martini like at the end of your dinner. Mm -hmm. Serve it with like salty cheeses. Like I, I wanted more cheese. So I feel like you could do like a sip and a bite. Like it's just like this Dessert. I mean, people eat cheese for dessert, and I honestly oh, think yeah. you should more. have some like a nice little cheese board with some fruit yes. and stuff like that, and some like almond. Oh yeah, I think that's fabulous. The rind with the vodka for sure. Yeah, I love this cocktail. Whether you put Parmesan cheese on it or not, I do. I think Brad, you you said it perfectly in the beginning. There's so many different. I think you said there's so many ways to skin a cat, which I don't know where that came from. Um, just that saying in general, it's aggressive. Cat lovers are going to be like, you can't skin cats? Like, no, you don't really want to skin the cat. Yeah, but, but Peter's going to come after you. <laughs> Seriously. Totally. But there's like, so oh, many oh, different ways you kidding. can make this, which is so fun. And yes. Alyssa, you, we kind of talked about it before we even started recording. You made my favorite way to make this. I did. Wait a minute, hold on. Are we doing the Parmesan espresso martini now? No. Oh, I mean, oh. I do have Parmesan in my fridge right now. I will no. say that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we're we're doing a different version of the espresso martini. Yeah. But, but the spirit okay, cool. that that Alyssa used is why I'm, I'm really excited. Oh, the one I'm drinking right now. Yes, yes, yes. I am currently drinking a tequila espresso martini. And I think if anybody loves tequila, which I'm <laughs> I'm I find it hard pressed not to, has to try an espresso martini with tequila because personally, Brad, we've talked about this. I think vodka is just so boring. So adding mm-hmm. like a tequila, it just makes it so much more exciting. Vodka is a canvas. It's just totally. a canvas yeah. in which you paint on. See, my favorite is actually rum in an mm. espresso martini. Oh. That's my absolute favorite. Not enough people have caught on to that yet. Holy I, I the, the tequila espresso martini is, is definitely getting popular. I'm getting that ordered a lot more at the bar, yeah. but I'm waiting. For, rum just hasn't had its... It just hasn't had its moment yet. What kind of rum would you use? Would you do like a Jamaican funky style rum or? I kind of like doing like a darker Demerara rum, like a Hamilton or something like that. But then also adding like a touch of like Smith and Cross, a little bit of like overproof, just so it really cuts through. Because sometimes the rum can be a little bit sweeter. So you have to be careful about that. So just adding that little bit of overproof rum just like really brings it all together. We have homework to do, Brad. <laughs> oh my God, I'm just like having a moment over here like, oh, that sounds so good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like when you're saying like after dinner and stuff like that, yeah. like just, just hits the spot. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just made like a mint julep with bourbon in it. We did that last season. And coffee and bourbon go together really oh, nice. Yeah. So 
I don't know. Could you do it with almost every sp- gin? Might be weird. Gin, might, gin be weird. might be a little bit odd. So definitely can do it with any type of like whiskey or bourbon. Mm-hmm. Few, this company called Few actually just yeah. came out with a cold brew whiskey. So instead Ooh. of when they distill it, instead of like watering it down like you would to proof it, they actually add cold brew to it. And it's fantastic in an old fashioned in an espresso martini. Oh, wow. Hits the Few spot. actually, I think I just saw them pop up on like top 100 bourbons that aren't from Kentucky. I think that, that specific cold I think it's called Cold Brew Cut. Just one, like, I think double gold at the San Francisco competition wow. or something like that. It's really good. I really like it. Well, Brad, you were right. There are many ways to skinny So cut. many ways. <laughs> and then you have all the different coffee liqueur. Don't get me started. I could talk about this forever. <laughs> well, I'm even thinking like screwballs here out of San Diego, like a peanut butter whiskey. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It would be so good. And coffee? Okay. <laughs> oh, com- peanut right. butter and coffee? I mean, Brad. yeah. I've not. I've done peanut butter on toast with coffee. <laughs> Serious? <laughs> It'd probably be pretty delicious. <gasps> oh my god! I made like a peanut butter cold foam to top my coffee once, and it was fantastic. Oh shit! Shut up! Really? Yeah, totally. I did god. that like last year. It was so good. You also didn't oh. believe me about mint and coffee, and that totally works. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you like a little bit of Fernet Branca? In an espresso martini, Amaro espresso oh martinis. Like don't, Ooh. then you've got all the different flavors you can play with. I mean, Jesus. every Amaro tastes a little bit different. Everybody needs to just buckle in, buckle in. This is yes. leveling up espresso <laughs> martinis. Totally. We should probably talk about how we're going to make this one. Yeah. <laughs> and then next, because, oh my God, I had no idea there's so many shades of gray here on oh the- Oh my uh, gosh, so many, so many. On the espresso martini, cool. All right, let's get into it. Without sounding too weird, it sounds like there's 50 shades of gray here, and we need to get into at least one of them. And Alyssa, I'm excited to, Brad, like you said, we talked about the espresso martini episode six, I think you said. So why nine. 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 Yeah, nine. but we did like, we did Dick Bradsell, the originator. We did his recipe. Yeah. So Alyssa, I'm excited to hear about how you yeah. made your espresso martini. Yeah. So I have, I mean, there's so many different versions that you can do and that I love. Today I did a tequila one mm. because I needed a little pep in my step. Yep. So I do it two ounces of whatever spirit you're going to do. One ounce of espresso. I personally always chill my espresso beforehand just so it doesn't get over diluted. And then one ounce of whatever coffee liqueur you want. And then depending on the coffee liqueur, I'll do a half an ounce of simple syrup or demerara syrup and then just a pinch of salt. And it's fantastic. Well, I have two questions. First question, you said you used yours with tequila. Yes. Is there a specific, did you use a Blanco? Did you use a Repo? I used a Blanco today. You can totally use a Repo. I know a lot of people yeah. actually do prefer the Reposados to uh-huh. with an espresso just because it has that oaky, you know, it has a little bit more oaky flavor. It's not so vegetal and can be not as harsh with the coffee. Totally. Okay, and then my second question. I've been working on my ice game when shaking. Okay. So is there a way, I've been finding when I want to get a lot of froth, I use one big cube and yes. then, you know, regular size ice cubes in there. Is there a way that you're doing it for the espresso martini that you found gets you the best froth? Because I've struggled in the beginning with frothing my espresso martini, and that's what you want with your espresso martini. So I feel like, do you have any tips when you make it for always getting that 
espresso martini froth on top. Absolutely. I have to say, I do have a pretty good head game when it comes to the <laughs> espresso martinis. So definitely, if you want to do like, for sure, <laughs> that's what we say in our bars. Like, I know that if my espresso martinis are not coming out with a lot, I'm like, my ice is burnt, something's wrong. My ice yeah. is wet. My This espresso is it wasn't brewed correctly or it's old or something like that. Like, I've got good head game. So if it's yeah. not coming out that way, there's something wrong. <laughs> But you definitely, I mean, the ice you use definitely plays a huge part in Mm -hmm. the froth that you're going to get. So like doing that big ice cube, like the two by twos that you would do, like a large cube that you would do on an old fashioned, just doing one of those in there and just shaking the crap out of it. It's not going to over dilute. It's not going to break down. And you're going to get that aeration much easier than if you were to have to shake really hard one with regular, definitely no party ice, hotel ice or bagged ice. You've got to have those really nice ice cubes. The hotel. Yeah. There's so many names, but they're all bad. Ice matters. Ice totally matters. I should get that tattooed actually. (laughs) I got to ask you. So not, not that you probably do it often, maybe ever, but if you've ever put out a drink and somebody has been like, Hey, you know what? This maybe wasn't your best work. (laughs) And I don't know. Has it ever happened? Like, how do you take that feedback? Would you encourage people like, look, if you get a drink, is it is it fair to be like, hey, should I have said to the bartender, hmm, dude, can you do another yeah. one? Or what, what's like, if I'm listening to this and I'm going to go to a bar and I get a bad drink, how should I react? I mean, every bartender obviously has their own opinion. I love when people tell me, not love when people tell me that sure. the cocktails are bad, <laughs> but I love when people are just honest and like, hey, this just isn't my vibe or hey, I just, I tried it or something's, and it's not my favorite. I Anytime I'm doing any bartender's choice, before I even start making the cocktail, I I like make the guest promise. I'm like, okay, but if you don't like it, you have to tell me and I will make you something else. And of course, every once in a while, they actually do. Most of them, of course, even if they don't, I can see it sometimes in their face and I'll make a cocktail without them saying it. Like, give me this one. I know you don't like it. Try this (laughs) one. And they're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I I mean, the whole point of you being there is to enjoy that. That's my job is to make a cocktail that you enjoy. Even if it's like you're going into a craft cocktail bar and people are ashamed because they're drinking vodka sodas. No, if that's what you want, I'm happy to pour you a vodka soda. That takes two seconds where I could be doing a Ramos Gin Fizz or something like that for you. I'd much rather make a vodka soda and just as long as you're happy. That's yeah. that's the whole point. All right. And so I got to go back to something else you said when you're talking about making this drink. You said pinch of salt. So yes. we heard this from Caitlin Stewart at Likeable Cocktails. And now we're hearing it from you. So salt. Salt in the drink. Not, and you know what? I just want to put it on record. Not just salt (laughs) in an espresso martini. You can add salt to so many different cocktails and it will elevate it to another level. I mean, think about food. Think about chefs. You would never, ever, ever, ever. I mean, what chef doesn't use salt on food? You, right. So, like, to add salt to cocktails, maybe like Scandinavian isn't chefs. that <laughs> isn't you know too <laughs> far off. Even if it's like a pinch in your syrups, if you're making homemade syrups, add a little pinch of salt to your whatever syrup, and it's going to really just elevate that and bring a whole new level to your cocktail. Margaritas, yeah. espresso um, martinis, oh yeah, All totally. And people are making now salt solutions that you oh, can yeah, add saline. in to better con- yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 yeah, which so, is another way. Oh, yeah. I So I actually, my favorite, if we're going to get like real kind of geeky about it, my favorite yeah. is to do some like salted vanilla extract. 
Ooh. What? Yeah. So Come you just, on. just get vanilla extract and then you add a little bit of salt like you would a saline solution to the same measurement. And then you just add a couple drops of that to your espresso martini. Because, you know, a lot of them have that <sighs> oh. vanilla vodka, that vanilla. And it's so now you don't have to have a vanilla vodka. You can just have any vodka or whatever base spirit and it's going to add that vanilla into it. I told Damn. you guys, I got this espresso martini thing down. Dude, this is so <laughs> dialed. This is so dialed. You recently posted a video you were using like chocolate, right? So the one that we make that is signature to the bar that I work at, Merck Bar, yes. Uh-huh. So we do a saline mist over it, little bit of spray, looks like we're doing like perfume, and then we do sure. shaved dark chocolate on top, just a little bit, just a little bit. And then the vodka that we use is also cacao nib infused. So it's got a a lot of those like chocolate layers to it and it's just delicious. So good. Can can we, can we talk about Merck Bar for a second? Absolutely. I would love to talk about Merck Bar. Everyone come in. Yeah. Tell me about it. So Merck Bar, where is it? Give us the spiel. We're located in Phoenix, Arizona kind of the north side of Phoenix. And it's one of the oldest cocktail lounges actually in Phoenix. We've been open 20, I think 27 years we're going on now. So they originally had a Merck bar in Soho, New York. So it's like their second location. So it's really geared like New York vibes, very kind of like, it's not a speakeasy, but it's kind of like speakeasy-esque. You know, we don't have a lot of two big windows. It's very, it's one of the nicest interiors that I've ever seen. Everyone walks in is like, holy crap, this place looks amazing. Got a big bar. We've got big lounge chairs and couches and everything like that. We want everyone to be super comfy and just have a nice time and have some nice craft cocktails. Sweet. Yeah, we're in Phoenix every once in a while. I'm totally checking this place out. Absolutely. You have to. You have to. So my Phoenix geography is poor. I know Scottsdale, which is also kind of a big area. Is it near Scottsdale? It's kind of uh, right where like Scottsdale and Phoenix meet. So it's still kind of in the like Scottsdale technically neighborhood, but geographically our address says Phoenix. (laughs) Okay, cool. So it's like east side of Scottsdale? East east side of Scottsdale. Yes. Oh, awesome. All right, cool. Put it on the list. Oh, yeah, you guys definitely have to let me know if you guys are in town. Thousand oh, percent. Yeah. For and get an sure. espresso martini. Yes, I'll make you the best espresso martini of your life. I, I literally can't wait. Actually. I'll do the rum one for you guys. Yes. The oh, rum one for the one I got to so do. I'm excited. For you. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to try it with rum. <laughs> New level unlocked. New level, yeah. Before we move on to the next section, I got to ask you do you have a favorite cocktail? So if you go out and Maybe it's like, I don't know. I kind of feel like when I go out, I usually just order like a straight spirit. And maybe there is a straight spirit that you just prefer over a cocktail. But when you go out, do you have like something that's a go-to? Like I got to have this thing more often than not. I have a favorite cocktail. My favorite cocktail really, like if I was deserted on a desert island and I could only have one cocktail for the rest of my life, a last word, a mezcal Mm. last word is like, I mean, I know we don't have, we Green chartreuse is out right now. So it's just like sad. But that mezcal last word with just one slice of jalapeno to shake it in there got a little Mm. bit of spiciness. It is so, so good. It's one of my favorites. But when I, when I go, I actually don't drink cocktails that often because I'm such a lightweight and I'm also like constantly trying cocktails at work I'm tr- and, and at home and everything. Like that. So I'm not getting any younger. Got to be careful about it. I'm, I'm just a typical bartender who's drinking like shitty beer and a <laughs> shot of Amaro. And yeah. That's oh, it. see, there you go. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I, Have you oh, tried no. the M&M shot? Oh yeah, I love M and M's. I mean, Monty, Monty is my is my baby. 
Yeah. Okay. So you got to tell what's an M&M. It's so, yeah. So Miller High Life and a shot of Monty. And then if I want to get a little, like a little bit harder for that shot, you do. It's a mezcal, half mezcal, half Montenegro. It's Brad. It's and so Brad now is in a mezcal now. He just unlocked that level. I just discovered a mezcal. Sure, you're getting your feet wet. You're right. I am. I'm getting my feet wet with it because honestly, you know, mezcal to me, and no offense to all the mezcal distributors out there or people who are like live and die by mezcal, but it tasted like the water on the inside of a tire to me. Mm. Yes, you know, for Mm the longest time, and I'm like, I don't get it. I just don't understand what people see. And then someone's like, so I went to this place here locally called France 44. It's like one of these liquor stores. It's got all the different things, right? And there, I was like, I just, I'm looking for a mezcal that I like. And he's like, oh, well, come on over to the tasting bar. And he sits down like three mezcals for me. And I found this one that was like on the less smoky, more almost fruity side. I was just going to say, I was like, you need to try some of these fruity ones that that I got. So good. I just got one in. I can't remember the name of it. Well, I did not just get it in my bar manager just got it in. I can't remember the name of it now, but it literally tastes like pineapple skins. Ooh. It's like a little bit smoky. It's still got that like very vegetal, but then you get all this pineapple flavor to it. And it's like, I've never tasted anything like it. I love tasting mezcal side by side. Yeah. They're so different. Yeah. Totally. And people don't like Brad, you wouldn't have, you were, oh, this is just smoke every time. A lot of people will think that. And then you do the tasting and you're like, oh my God, this one tastes like chocolate. This one tastes like It was driving me crazy because I like scotch. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't mind a little smoke, but there's something about the mezcal is really acrid. But now it's like, Okay, and I've been like searching frantically for this door into the world of Mezcal. Like, why do people like this so much? And, and then, then like, just wait, Brad's going to open the other Agave Spirits door. There's going to be Bacanora door. There's a Sotal door. You're going to go, don't get it. Let, I don't want to. Bacanora is great. I don't want to overwhelm you, Brad. There's, oh there's a God. lot more besides just oh Mezcal too. So excited. Yeah. It's a whole new world. A whole new world. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Jeez, you karaoke, you must have won a karaoke contest or two. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Should we move on to the next section? <laughs> yeah, I think we crushed the espresso martini. I think we may have overwhelmed some, but I hope in a good way to try new new options. Yeah. Now that we've got that under our belt. I think we should get into, Alyssa, because I followed you for a long time. I know that there's war stories and more. I want to get into you, your background, and your bartending experience. I want all of it. So let's get into it. Jules. Yes. time. I think I want to know more about Alyssa and Hell Queen. Hell, Hell Queen cocktails. Queen Almost cocktails. like Hell Cat. Yeah. Like we talk about skidding cats. Hell Queen cocktail. Hell Cat was actually on the uh, list, but it was already trademarked. Wow. That I had to go through so many versions that were already trademarked. That's why I, I basically had to make up my own word. And I was wow. like, fine with that. Like, of course. Like I was saying, Hell Queen is still, it's like, it's got that badass aspect to it. Yeah. Still Which very on brand. Is a good segue to. Why did you call yourself the badass bartender? How did this all start for you? So I 
started bartending after I worked in corporate America up until the age of 27. And I just could not stand being in a cubicle anymore. And I basically (laughs) sent my boss just this, like, I had just had a meeting where I'd gotten in trouble because I wasn't doing enough work or something, but they didn't have any work for me to do. So I was just literally coming into work, just sitting in a cubicle, like around on the internet. And then I was getting in trouble for around on the internet when I didn't have any work. So I just got really frustrated. I basically just told my boss to f*** off. Awesome. And then I was just like, I'm just going to go work in a restaurant because I had always wanted to do it. My parents were not, I think my parents knew that if I go work in a restaurant as a teenager, there was going to be no getting me out. So they were like, we don't want you working in a restaurant. We want you going to college and worrying about school and like doing that kind of stuff. So they were very against it. But I always wanted to do it because it looks so much fun working. And it is. It is. So I just went and worked at a restaurant and then kind of just started from there. And then the Instagram thing or the social media thing that really only started. I was I had gotten to the point in my career where I was working as a traveling bartender. So originally I am from South Florida. You have a season there, right? You have that winter season. And then when summer hits, it's dead. You're struggling. So a lot of restaurant people will go somewhere else up north for the season, go work at one of the seasonal restaurants. Maybe it's Boston, maybe it's New York. And I decided I wanted to do that because who doesn't want to travel and go work and make money all year round? And so I started trying to get hired at these restaurants, but they didn't have any concept of craft cocktails or or what I was capable of, I feel like. So I started doing the cocktails, taking pictures of them. And then when I would send my resumes, I would make sure to put my social media on there. And I would say, you know, here, check out my cocktails so that they knew kind of what I was capable of. And I, the badass bartender didn't start at first. At first it was, I just went by my name. I went by like E at the bar. And then someone, someone said, it sounds like you're selling ecstasy at the bar. And And I just knew, I also just knew, like, it just didn't have the hit that I wanted. I knew I wanted a new name. I just didn't know what it was. And I just, I remember, I just, I don't remember even how I thought about the badass bartender, but no one had had it. And I was like, no one has the badass bartender. Of course, not looking up the trademark at that point. Cause like, you don't think about it when you're, when you're just starting it, you're like, nothing's going to happen. So whatever. And so that's how it started. And then I was just the badass bartender. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's uh, let's go back to starting bartending from corporate America because I know when I got my first bartending job, I had to lie and say I worked at a bar that no longer existed because they had a fire. And literally I had to make this whole story up so somebody could just give me a shot behind the bar. Uh-huh. My dad was a bartender. 100%. I learned how to make drinks from my dad. I was like, dad, look, I want to be a bartender. What do I need to know? He's like, dad, this is all I got to need to know. So I lie and I get a gig working behind the bar because I was a cook before in like a restaurant and turns out cooking and bartending, very similar. You're just cooking with liquids instead of like solids. So how did you go from corporate America to actually being a bartender because did you have experience before that? Or what was the I like, did how'd lie. You get that first bartending gig? Okay, <laughs> I there did you go. lie. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning of my career, there was a lot of lying. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you have to. You, I, it, yeah. I mean, there's just not enough opportunities 
to start there's everybody wants to bartend who's already in the restaurant industry right well not everyone but you know there's a lot of people who want to move up to bartender in already at those restaurants so to be someone who comes in and then's like I've never worked at a restaurant now train me to be a bartender that's like not going to happen most likely so I did start off as a hostess the first job that I had was one of the very first like speakeasy kind of vibes in South Florida right when like old fashions were becoming mainstream kind of thing. And so I hadn't, I didn't know anything about craft cocktails. I didn't even know. I don't think I even knew craft cocktails existed up until that point. And being exposed to that, I was like, this is really cool. I love cooking. I love experimenting and all that. I, so if I could mix the fun that looks like a bartending with this like creative that would be fantastic. Why not try that? That seems like something I would really like. So I worked there for a while and then they were like really crafty. So they were not going to give me any, any shot, which was fine. So then I went to another restaurant and I tried to be a server and I lied and I got fired because <laughs> I spilled red wine on, or I spilled, it was white wine. I spilled white wine on someone like down a oh, chick's no. back because I couldn't carry a tray. <laughs> And so I got fired and then I went to another, I think, I don't remember where the jump was, but I, the first bartending, I only worked there for like two weeks because I ended up moving. But of course it was one of those places with like tiny shorts. And I was like, of course I can bartend. And I like knew enough because the bartenders from where I had hosted had kind of like showed me the ropes or anything like that, but I didn't know how to make any of the cocktails. And then I moved to Texas, tried to get a job there as a bartender. And immediately the the manager sits down and he goes, how do you make a Long Island? And I don't know how to make, and I say like whiskey. And he goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) So he says, but we'll hire you as a server. And I was like, okay. So I served there for a while and then they eventually moved me up to bartending. And then it just kind of became like I would be a server and someone would make me a bartender. And then I was just like, okay, now I'm just a bartender. I'm not going to serve anymore. And then it just kind of grew. It just, yeah, Yeah. just kind of, you know, snowballed from there. But yes, there was a lot of lying in the beginning. (laughs) Well, it's sad that you have to do that, like to get that first crack. But it's just, it's like this elite group that you can't get into. And it's like, oh, you need experience. How do I get experience? Yeah. Look at it. I I make up my experience. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Because I'm not going to check. In the the most perfect world, you you go to a place, you start out as a hostess, you work your way up, and then eventually Mm -hmm. you get that opportunity. In a perfect world. Very rarely does that all work. There isn't out a exactly. restaurant out there that has like the perfect world inside no, there. there I know. Absolutely one. not. Absolutely not. All I know, I could never do it. I really? could never even so. Jules, this you could day, totally do it. I was trying to make cocktails for all my friends. Oh man, I am so slow. So it, I slow. I mean, I'm not gonna say I, I don't know for as much as I'm unsocial in my natural life. It's amazing that I'm so, it's so, e- it's come so easy for me. I think you, God, you just, yeah. you either have it, have it, and you're either can do it. Like I'm so fast. You enjoy it sure or you, you don't. Yeah. And I'm sure you're thing. talking to people. And that was my other thing. People are talking to me. I'm like, oh my God, what did I just put yeah. in the cocktail shaker? I don't know. And then I smell it. And I'm like, well, I, I think I put yeah. the booze in there. I yeah. couldn't tell you. So I'm like, I could never make it. I, I mean, I feel like it. it's it's all like anything, you know, once you, when you start doing it, you suck at it. And then, you know, you work. And then like now I can bar, I can pretty much bartend with my eyes closed. If I've worked totally. at, at the well enough, like at the Merc Bar, I could probably do some cocktails with my eyes closed. 
for sure. I, yeah, how many? I mean, like, how many drinks have you made? You know, over your career, it's like yeah. I mean, it's 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 you can't even count, right? Oh, so no. you make enough, no like yeah, you just it's just it gets ingrained in, yeah. in your. In it's your, just repetition. Jules, you'd be a great bartender. Uh, I, for myself at home, yes, <laughs> I agree with that. But I need to know because I'm not in it, and I've seen some of your posts about it. Give us your war stories. Yes. Give us your crazy. I'm sure you've seen it. You've seen some sh- Oh, absolutely. Well, the cherry one is the one that most people know about. Jules, you know about this I one, the do. cherry one. I still cannot believe that <laughs> a woman stealer. at the bar put her hand over the bar into a jar of the Luxardo cherries, which aren't cheap. No. To eat them. I can't. Scooping. Not even like picking out. She was scooping. She was oh, doing full God. scoops straight to her mouth and then sticking her hand back in. I yeah, was so like, we're not awesome. talking like a two-finger dip. This is no. like a four-finger dip. So we scoop. got like all Insane. kinds of contamination <laughs> digits right there. <laughs> what, is yeah, going like, what world yeah. am I in? I was, I was shocked. The fact that I handled it so well and you and like, caught that on camera? And it was the first time I ever went live, too. It was the first time. I couldn't believe That's it. Insane. I got really lucky. <laughs> oh, my God. So people, God. people obviously need to go to your page to check that story out, Yes, right? yes. Yeah, and then do you go live a lot where people can see you bartending live? So I was trying to go live a little bit more, and then I had someone keep reporting me. So oh. I, had, I, I had this whole, like, long thing with people with uh, – a certain memes, the memers, some of the memers would report my lives and stuff like that. So I kind of took a break and I, I'm just kind of one of those people, like I'm not- Wait a minute. I'm pausing on why would somebody report a live? Was something happening that- Because they don't like me. That's literally <sighs> it. Because they don't like me and don't understand why I'm successful. <laughs> And, and it's crazy? like their mission to, th- so the whole reason that I can't, I've been taking this long break was because I got reported on one of my videos doing a joke and Instagram now will not, wouldn't let me do any branded content or subscriptions for three months because of one video a year, like a year ago, someone had gone through all of my videos and looked and had to go back so far to find something that was considered against community guidelines and then report it. And then I, yeah. No couldn't. way. The memers do not like most of the, there's some memers that are fine. There's a couple of the memers that are not fans of mine. Oh my God. <laughs> Just unhappy people. That's insane. Right yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. around cocktails. You're like, just drink one. You Sounds like you need one. <laughs> yeah, no, you need I a cocktail. God. I know. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so insane. I, I do try to go live, I but I'm kind of more of like, I have to feel like it. I don't I don't want to be like, oh, every Wednesday I'm going live. Yeah, yeah. I get and it. also at my bar, we're in kind of like a rebuilding phase. So it's sometimes it's just me kind of standing there and like cleaning because we don't have maybe anyone in there. We only have a couple people in there at the time. Like I don't, I don't really want live for that. So I try to go live out as I get the hell queen kind of ball rolling. I'll probably try to go live a little bit more and more, but I I like going live. I mean, it's hard because you got to get the right angle and you don't want people at the bar to feel intruded on as well. That's been a big thing where like, where can I set the camera up that people aren't feeling like they're being exposed kind of, kind of thing. So yeah, it's (laughs) a work in progress. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you caught that on video, and I can't believe that that happened. The yeah. the cherry the cherry picker is just baffling to me, even still to this day. I can't believe someone would do that. Oh my gosh! I, I, I like watching though. I mean, there's started to kind of get to know you and your content, and I was like, Jules, we gotta like interview her. Like I'm like like watching your videos and because I worked in the restaurant business, like you were coming through the kitchen, you're like pre-shift and you're like, you know, talking oh, about yeah. something. I could like, I could smell the kitchen in that <laughs> video. Like I just, I just, I know that smell and that vibe and that feeling and probably the tile in there is that orange tile with <laughs> like the, the dark gray grout, you know, <laughs> like totally yeah. like, oh my God, I know that space so well. Yeah. My content, I really try to balance between like home bartenders and people who work in the industry. So yeah. I get a little bit of, I get a little bit of both, trying to br bridge the gap a little bit. Well, okay. Do you have any other war stories that you think you should share? Or, or, or like, what's a thing that you wish besides sticking their hands in your garnishes? Patrons, God bless them, right? Yes. But they don't always know. The right Especially way to when you get a couple cocktails, you know what I mean. Right. At that point, yes. right? like what's what's something that just drives you insane that that patrons do? I think the best one that I can say, the question that I always get asked the most is like, how do I get the bartender's attention? And I um, have a very controversial, what would seem like a controversial answer to that, which is you don't because the bartender knows you're there. I guarantee you, like, unless their back is turned or something like that, like, it's very rare that it's just like, oh, I didn't see you right in front of me. <laughs> like you, the the hand waving or any of that kind of stuff sometimes can just be like really aggressive. So it's just like, I promise I'm getting to you. I'm just doing a couple other things. But the the one pet peeve thing of mine, I would say is, and it's not like too big a deal, but it's kind of like a silly thing. When... I'm working in, in the well and people are doing their receipts and they put it right in the middle of my well. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And like, you're, I'm, oh. this is my workspace. Like, right. it's kind of comparison to like, if you were to go into someone's office and they're typing on their desk, you're not going to take whatever paper or whatever you have for them sure. and put it right on top of their computer and yeah. whatever. I have to stop everything I'm doing. I'm I'm in a flow and I have to stop everything I'm doing to take that out of the way because I can't, I don't want to get wet. I won't be able to read it. I need that for processing later and all that. Yeah. That That is just a personal pet peeve of mine but, and nobody knows about, nobody thinks about it. I would never think about Drives that Drives me too. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, especially when I'm on service bar, because I'm in such a flow and I'm going yeah. so fast to have to like stop everything I'm doing and be like, why would you put this right in front of me? Now, now I'm lost in concentration. I get like, that's, that's again, an just another reason why I would get so distracted. Yeah. I would get so distracted and then lose my place. Where was I? Oh, absolutely. Did I add the booze? Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, which cocktail was I on? Yeah, oh, I have yeah. so much respect for you and what you do. And specifically, the people I feel like that you have the patience with. Because I feel like after a while, especially <laughs> when you go later in the day, like later in the night. Yeah. I just, it's something, I've seen some stuff as someone sitting at the bar with someone else. And I'm like, wow, I, uh, that's insane. People yeah. are crazy. People are crazy. I love people, but sometimes people can be crazy. I'm I'm really lucky that right now I have I'm lucky enough to work with a really good team. So it's kind of one of those things we kind of balance each other out. Someone's having a bad day and a customer's kind of being shitty and they just like cannot deal with it. 
someone else will step in and be kind of like the good cop. Yeah. On the good cop some days if I'm in the right mood and maybe my other bartender is like not having it. So it's really nice that we're able to lean on each other and kind of make it work for everyone. So we don't have to be so robotic yeah. all the time because that is so tiring. So you t- you now technically have like two jobs. You have your, when you go into the, go into the bar, go mm-hmm. to the restaurant and when you come home and you yes. make content. So yes. you are double dipping in work, which yes. is crazy, <laughs> which is crazy because I'm doing mine full time and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I couldn't imagine. And that's why they call you, called you the badass bartender. <laughs> and that's why they're calling you Hell Queen. That's because... why I'm going to be called the queen now. <laughs> yes. The yes. queen. The queen, yeah. the queen, the dark queen. Damn. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I do identify as a villain just in case you guys were wondering. <laughs> That's hilarious. Really? You identify as a villain? Well, I, I guess I see absolutely. it in the... Yeah. No, I I definitely... Like a, Dis- like a Disney villain. A Disney villain. Okay. Yeah. You can be nice, but for the well, most part, you're you just You know badass. how like Disney villain has kind of like gone on its head now. You know, you have the Cruella, which is... That's one of my favorites where you see she's actually the good in the story. Yeah. It's just It's just perception. So I like to identify as the villain. All right. I love it. Well, let's move on to some tips because now I want to kind of know, like, I mean, we've had tips throughout, but I know. You know, what's the one or two? And by the way, shaking, I noticed your shaking form coming from someone who wasn't bartending to someone who is now like this hell queen bartender. How'd you develop your shake form? Because I got to tell you, that's, I teach bartending classes. That's one of the hardest things I try to pass on to people is like, you're not shaking it right. I yeah. just told you how to shake and you're still not shaking it right. Yeah. So let's talk about that next too. All right, yeah, let's get into the tips. Tip your bartender. All right, our tipping our bartender section is going to, Alyssa, I'm letting you really take this one because you are the expert here in the industry and at home. So I would love to know what your tips and or tricks that you've learned maybe for people in the industry, maybe for home bartenders, but what are your tips for cocktails? Salt is always a big one. I'm a really big fan of kind of, I'm trying to get that trend really started. Yeah. Adding a little bit of salt to either your syrups or that you're homemaking or just a little bit to your cocktails, just just a touch. It's really going to just elevate your cocktails. Ice for sure. I'm sure you guys have talked about that a lot. Ice is the most common ingredient in all of your cocktails, if you think about it. I mean, it's the most, water makes up 20 to 30% of every cocktail. So the water that you're using to make your ice, the size of your ice, so it's not breaking apart, all of those things are, they seem so minuscule, but they make such a difference, such a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the shaking, we were going to talk about the shaking, definitely. It's the aeration. That's really what it is. Right. Getting that aeration for your cocktails really makes a difference. Whether it's an espresso martini foam or just a margarita or a daiquiri, you get that fresh lime juice. When you get that that frothy head on a margarita, oh, it just it just changes it. Well, then I have a question about shaking. Okay. Because I, I don't know if a lot of people are going to know where I'm going with this, but people say if you shake gin, you bruise gin. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, really? no, it's, it, it's a thing. Hold on. 
Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. There's a whole thing behind this. There's a whole thing. I know. I've seen people ask me that. Like, can you really bruise chin? And I'm like, I don't think so, but maybe. So I want to get your take on it. I understand bruising to be like ice crystals and stuff like floating around. Like you want to make sure that, which is why we double strain sometimes, right? We pull that right. stuff out. Right. But like, what's how do you bruise a gin? So bruising the gin. So you can technically bruise a gin. So what that means, what that means is that you are kind of breaking down the layers of that gin because you're getting that aeration when you're shaking it, it's kind of opening it up more. So it's kind of like just the same way you would kind of let a wine kind of sit out for a little bit. Getting that aeration is going to kind of break down the nuances of that gin. That being said, that has nothing to do with whether you should shake it or not shake it. You should still, I mean, like you're not going to not shake a bee's (laughs) knees. If it has citrus in it, doesn't matter what the base spirit is. You still always want to shake it. If it's just a gin martini or with just a little bit of vermouth, that's really when you want to stir. You want to get that texture. You want all of those nuances in the gin, though. Where right. a bee's knees, you're not you're having the citrus and the sugar. It's not. It's not. You're not going to pick them up anyway. Sure. So when you're doing stirred cocktails, that's really why you don't want to shake it with just another reason why you don't want to shake it. You also don't want it over diluted and everything like that and the texture, but you'll really be able to pick up more of those layers. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it is a thing, but it's not a thing. (laughs) Right. Right. And I can see that for a gin martini because I'm a stirred girl through and through, but I know people like to shake it, but that makes an interesting point. And I do think when you're at that level, it'll matter to you. But I think you need to be at that level. I think for people who aren't, it's, I mean, again, I've always said, make it how you like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. But interesting. Okay. I have another question that kind of goes into shaking. Yes. Do you, I've gotten this question too. Do you have a tip or trick if your double-sided shaker tin gets stuck, do you have a tip for getting it out or getting it unstuck? I mean, the best tip I can give is just like hit the crap out of it. Yeah. I think people are just too afraid. That's why, again, I glass ones do not uh, use the pint glasses and then the ones over it because it's just awful. But like, yeah, yeah, you know, just like you can bang it at an angle on the side of the counter or the bar and just like you just got to hit that hit the right spot. You'll hear it pop, but you got to yeah. You just got to can't be afraid to freaking just smack the crap out of it. That's the only tip I got. That's the only <laughs> way I've been able to make it work. If you have the hand strength, right, and I probably do. The reason why that thing seals so tight is it creates this like hermetic. Yeah, the suction. Yeah. The suction in there because the air inside's colder. So it's pulling that top down. So if you squeeze the top of that tin and you break that seal, it comes right off. But you got to have the hand strength to be able to kind of change the shape of the top. See, of the tin. I do not have that. Unfortunately, I have arthritis in my hands already, like my fingers. Oh, and, well, yeah. there you go. So there's no way I'm doing that. So yeah, I just take like a little fist and the side of my hand and I just hit it real hard. Yeah, which I've seen that work a thousand times too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've definitely hit my counters many times. Yes. You know. How did you develop your shake style? Because that's one thing that I noticed in your videos. You got like the wing thing going, yes. right? Where you go out and you come in, you go out like you're... I know it sounds weird, but it is a beautiful shake. Oh, no, like have you ever watched you. like J- Japanese shakers, like the way the yeah. Japanese shake a drink? There's like a art form to it. I have to say, I, I just, I saw other people doing it who I looked up to and that, so I just started doing it. And I was like, well, they know what they're doing. So clearly 
I should be doing that. And yeah. and that's how it started. But it's I've kind of learned as I've gone through my years, I've kind of learned the best way for me to do it, to get the best aeration. And it's that on that angle, as opposed to just back and forth kind of thing. I, I try to think about like, if you're sauteing vegetables or something, and you're kind of doing that, like flip back when you're shaking it back, I try to get that flip with my wrists. And that really helps with aeration because it lifts the cocktail. And then you're getting the ice to move all the way around inside your tin, hitting all the angles instead of just back and forth, back and forth. Cause that's not really going to get the best aeration that you can. Yeah. And so for people who are listening, like you want to see it, obviously they need to go to your page. Yes. I do have a how to shake video. I will be making a new one too. I'm going to go through all my, my base videos all over again once I get the Hell Queen off and kick it. So a new shake video is going to come out, but I do have an old one that talks about that as well from the Badass Bartender. So awesome. And then is there anything else you want people to know, whether it's you're doing classes or you can find me here and there? Is there anything, any takeaways people should should have? I would just say, come follow Hell Queen Cocktails. Come yep. come make this a thing. Like we've made the badass bartender a thing. Let's yep. keep it going. Let's keep it going. <laughs> and if there, and if anyone is ever in Arizona, they yes. have to come see you. Yes. Please come to Merck Bar, Phoenix, Arizona. We'd love to have you. Love. I love having people who, who either have taken some of my corporate classes or like know me from Instagram coming in. And it's, I, I had this group come in and I was hostessing. I was the only one there at the time. It was right when we opened and I'm just, Oh, Hey guys, you know, what can I do? The mom was so cute. She's like, Oh, my daughter follows one of the bartenders here. She, she just loved, that's why we're here. And I just look at her and I go, I, I think that's me. Oh my God. Is that you? Is that you? So yeah. And I just, you know, I love making them feel special and, you know, doing, I was, she was pregnant. So I was doing some fun mocktails for her and everything like that. And just kind of like, just making people feel nice. And yeah, it's just, it's so cool to meet people and have people that you would never normally connect with and being able to bring people together to have like this great experience over, over drinks. That's awesome. Well, we'll we'll be in Phoenix at some point because we've got some of our uh, really dear friends are in, in the, actually the Scottsdale area. So we will be stopping in. And Jules, hopefully you and I can coordinate a time when we're both in. That'd be kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. But this is this has been so great, Alyssa. I, I can't thank you enough for giving us the time. Oh, and, no. Thank you guys for having yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. Espresso martini. So. There's a lot of, I, I want to know if anyone does the rum. You can tag all three of us. Yes. And let us know how you like it. So. Yes. Demerara rum with just a touch of overproof rum is my recommendation. Oh God, I'm getting weak on these. <laughs> I know, so good. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Alyssa, so much for oh, joining us. Welcome. It was such a fun episode and we can't wait to have you on again. Yes. As the health queen. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules, and thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at joinjules or Cigars and Vino. That's me also on the Insta. Subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jewels Cocktail Club, and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. 
This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.